What's up, guys? Rick here with your Wednesday live chat for this week's Wyndham Championship. Questions, answers, comments, concerns, ownership, pivots, bets. I don't care. This time is yours. Whatever you want, get your questions in ASAP, and I'll go through as many as possible. How about that little countdown music? Did you notice that was different? I'll tell you why, because we got a copyright strike on the other one. So Armina had to go back into GarageBand, whip up a song. I think she called it Listen Up. I don't know. She's crazy. She made it. It's now in there because we got hit on the other one. Not so good. All right, here we go. Eric, Rick, you've got me so sucked into the data analytics on the golf side. You ever thought about doing something for fantasy football? Question mark. If not, do you know of anyone who does something similar? Uh, I used to cover a lot more sports. Uh, I could not offer my ideal level of analysis for as for more than one sport and i said i love golf it's what i want to do i'm just going to do that so no very 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 unlikely that i ever do anything else otherwise i'm not sure i mean there's obviously a lot of guys who do fantasy football but i don't know in terms of like the deep data i mean maybe somebody in the chat could help i really am not in that world uh herschel says i got one for you rick bo van pelt deep dive making cuts six thousand dollars driving accuracy good uh, greens and regulation is good. Sounds like you've already talked yourself into this, Herschel. Here's Bo Van Pelt. T27, 68th, T49, T67. I agree with you that this is making cuts. I agree with you that he is cheap. Um, I don't generally know what the upside is, if if there is any. He has not finished... Boy, well, he had a T2 at... Wow, he had a T2 at Palmetto last year. They're actually going back to Congaree for the CJ Cup next year. Um I just don't know what the upside is, right? If 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 Bo Van Pelt allows you to unlock, I don't know, two 10K guys or so, something like that, maybe it's interesting. But I, I can't imagine seeing him as like the last man in of like a more balanced build that doesn't give you access to something really, really special. I just think his upside's like T40. And that's not all that great. Um, Rick, says Mark. I'm scraping the bottom of the barrel here. Wow. Yeah, you are. Can we get a deep dive on Rick Lamb? Boy, can we get a deep dive on Rick Lamb? Let's see what we've got on him. Let's see what we've got. Whoops. Here we go. Played the 3M Open. Lost four strokes on approach. Punta Cana was the last time he played a PGA Tour event. Does he not have status anywhere on any tour that I track? So I track PGA, Corn Ferry, uh, Live, Euro, Senior Tour. Does he not have... And a little bit of the Asian tour. Does he not have um, status anywhere? Where has he been playing? Let me see if I can pull up his OWGR. Rick Lamb. Can't believe we're doing this three minutes into the show. He's ranked 900th in the world. No, that's it. He has not played anywhere between the 3M Open and the Punta Cana uh, Championship. At least not anywhere that even gives... Wow. That even gives OWGR points. So I don't even know what to say here. It's... uh, I mean, he made the cut two weeks ago. That's good, but he lost 5.7 strokes from T to green. I don't even know if there's enough information to make a, a, a logical opinion on him. Brendan Todd and Ches Reeve or Kevin Streelman and Callum Taren. Probably Todd and Reeve for me. Those guys are... Um, so there's the idea, like, we get so few opportunities to stack things in golf, right? Uh, if you're playing fantasy football, if you're getting ready for the fantasy football season, you're thinking about stacking teams and quarterbacks and and wide receivers and um, all this fun stuff. We don't get the opportunity to do that much in golf. The only times we get to do it are, like, 
tee times, waves, if we think there's going to be an advantage or a disadvantage, or in this scenario where you can kind of take two guys that have similar, similar skill sets. Um, Brandon Todd, Ches Revi likely play out of the fairway much more often uh, than Streelman and Callum Taron. Uh, you're looking for both of them to get hot with the putter. That's kind of like a little bit of a skill set stack. And on this golf course, I wouldn't mind being able to do that. You a believer that great course history can bring life into a struggling player, trying to find another way of picking low ownership guys. Also deep dive on Duncan. Um, you can't stack questions. Can't stack questions. The golfers that you talk to uh, believe that they can go to a place that they've had a lot of great success at and flip a switch and turn it around for a struggling player. The data does not always align with that. There are certainly um, outliers and examples of it, but we remember those more often than if you look at it and just say, hey, this golfer has gained on average over this event a stroke per round and he's coming in struggling. Did he bust out of his slump? And generally, the answer is no, he did not. So um, I would say that uh, there will be anecdotal evidence. There will be, hey, I remember this guy and I remember that guy, but it's not something that is um, truly predictable. I don't know if that's the word I'm looking for. Hank Hill says, rank how popular these will be. Two 10K guys, one 10K guy, one 9K guy, one 8K guy, or two to three 9K guys. All right. I probably should have mentioned this. Everything you see is from my website, rickrungood.com, giant golf database. Go have fun. So the options are two 10K guys, um, one 10K, one 9K, one eight, or two to three 9K guys. It appears uh, that the one 10K, one 9K, two 8K guy will be more popular. So here's the way the ownership's kind of shaking out. Um, Zal Torres, like 19%, Shane Lowry, Sung JM, 23, 26. So most people are starting with them. Then they're probably going down to Russell Henley in the nines. Then you have two popular guys in the eights, Siwoo Kim uh, and Tom Kim, Ju Hyung Kim. You also have Brian Harmon is going to be popular. JT Poston is going to be popular. You have a little bit of ownership on Adam Svensson and Scott Stallings in the seven. So that seems to be the most natural build. It doesn't appear especially as we go down into like the 6K range, because to get two 10K guys, you really got to get pretty low. And there's not a collection of ownership on really anyone in the $6,000 range that makes me think that that's going to be all that popular. So I would say of your options, Hank, number two will be the most popular. Number three will be the second most popular. Number one will be the least popular. The group that I play with in one and done does things different by using actual strokes gained versus earnings. Can I join? That's amazing. Um, so I'm 27 strokes behind. Who gives me the best chances of making that up? Wow. So you need like a very high upside golfer, even if that means taking on a lot of volatility. Um, the first name that jumped to mind was Siwoo Kim, but unfortunately this is kind of like a good week for him. So I'm not sure if you're going to get that different here. So, and he's really only gained, you know, at most eight, like Tony Finau would be the perfect guy for that, but that's kind of a different conversation. Um, what about Webb? What's Webb done? Webb would at least get you different. Does he have the upside? Probably not. Um, who else could we go with? Zal could Zal Torres get you? I mean, you're 27 strokes behind. If if the way that I'm understanding that, like, can you lose strokes in your one and done then? Because that's kind of sick. If you do a one and done where you also, like, if your guy loses five strokes, you also, like, that's pretty sick. 
But then what happens when he misses the cut? Because there will be some times where you'd actually prefer your guy to miss the cut and lose two strokes to the field than play all four rounds and lose four. I want to know more about that. I think the answer you're looking for is Siwoo or maybe Billy Horschel, but I want to know more about that league. I'm first in a 75-man golf pool with $23,000 in the purse. Yeah, baby. Um, he then goes on to list out this team. He says, thoughts on this team. If that team works for you, it works for me. I'm not necessarily in the business of having you change things. Like, if, if you're cool with this, I'm cool with this. Um, can you do a deep dive on Yannick Paul? Yannick Paul was awesome from the Outlaw Tour. Remember that? Uh, he has a twin brother, uh, Jeremy, right? I believe is his name. And let's see if we can find Yannick here. Yannick Paul. All right. So here we go. Uh, T20 or 20th at both the Barracuda and the Barbasol. Here's his... European tour strokes game metrics. You guys like that? Yeah, I've got European tour strokes game metrics. Let's go. Let's go. So what you're seeing is a very good, uh, in general, a very good ball striker, very high upside ball striker. You know, he gained seven and a half and eight and a half in the ball striking categories at the Sudal Open and the Dutch Open. Or no, sorry. It was the Sudal Open and the Betfred British Masters. Um, his two events on the PGA Tour, only one of them was measured and he was hev heavily reliant on the putter, although he is capable of gaining three or four strokes at a time. So that's not super, super concerning. Um, this is generally a positive profile. He doesn't have a lot of things that he does awesome every single week, but he doesn't have a lot that he does horrible every single week. And he's gotten his feet wet on the PGA Tour in his last couple of starts and he's turn them into top 20s. So I, I think that is generally a pretty, a pretty positive profile. I honestly don't know who to bet. I have uh, Aaron Wise and Davis Riley as my top two golfers in my model. Can you make a case to bet either one? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess if you're only choosing one of them, Davis Riley, I think is a little bit more preferable. Um, I think we've seen a little bit more upside from Davis Riley than we have for Aaron Wise. And I've lost a lot of money on Aaron Wise this year. So like I would know um, the miscuts are a little bit concerning, but they're not the worst thing. Look at this stretch here. If you can gain four, five, six, seven, seven and a half strokes on approach in a single week, that gives you a lot of opportunity to be in contention. And then you match that with just a little bit of gains with the putter. Uh, that's kind of a, a very good combination for upside and getting yourself to the top of the leaderboard. And you saw it, you know, fifth place in Mexico, even further back, he lost in that, that this, this runner up finish at the Valspar, that, that was a playoff loss. So he's certainly been in contention. I think he's more likely to win than Aaron wise is. What is your favorite tournament matchup on DK and or FanDuel this week? Um, there was a Sung J versus, let me see if I can pop it up here. I think DraftKings has a Sung J versus Billy Horsch. Oh, wow. It's moving in the other direction. Okay. So watch this. So what we'll do is, um, Sung is now a big favorite minus one thirty to Billy Horschel's plus one ten. So watch this. We might actually want to flip this around now. So let's do last 36 rounds. Uh, this is the head to head matchup tool on rickrungood.com where you can look at every single matchup. So yeah, okay. So this is now, look at this. So last 36 rounds, um, Billy Horschel, I have winning this 54% of the time, 55% of the time, where he is the dog in this matchup. And look at what he does better than Sungjae. He gains at least one stroke to the field much more frequently, 64% of the time to 50% of the time. He gains two strokes to the field 38% of the time to Sungjae's 33. Sungjae is much more 
high upside than Billy Horschel is. But if you gain more than your than your opponent um, in like the one plus or the two plus category, very very good, very very good. And in the last thirty six, he's actually gaining more than Sungjae is. So I would take the Billy Horschel side, take the plus money, and be happy that it moved in your favor because it was. I think I think Billy Horschel was plus one hundred when I checked it earlier this week. Hey Rick, interested to hear your thoughts on Webb as a leverage play, assuming he comes out in your uh, comes in at your projected ownership about ten percent. Also, thank you for being a man of the people. Okay, so yeah, um, I'm not very excited about Webb this week. Right, this is the first time he's lost strokes T to green in three straight events since like 2010. However, um, the course history is so so good, and the ownership is so so low, ten percent. By far the you know not by far but the lowest in the ten thousand dollar tier that I believe that like DraftKings or DFS formats would be the only place that I want to get exposure to win. Um, there's just a pretty good chance he plays well, and there's a pretty good chance he finishes inside the top ten. Um, and if he gets that at half the ownership of Will Zalatoris or almost a third of Sung Jm. I think that's a really good place to deploy him. I'm not comfortable deploying him in one and done. I'm not comfortable like betting him outright or um, in like head-to-head matchup markets. But I think at this point in the week on this Wednesday afternoon, with what we've seen and what we're kind of guesstimating, that if you want to get access to web, it probably has to be in the in the DFS market. Brent says, if you have not liked and subscribed to Rick Run Good, what's wrong with you? That is actually pretty good. Thanks for all the content and updates. Do you have any thoughts on Matt Wallace this week? So I'll pull up Matt Wallace. And uh, while I do that, yes, I've been making a lot of updates to the uh, custom model, to um, the player, just more data in general. I think if you if we look at Matt Wallace's profile, like the fact that there is a strokes gain breakdown for European tour here is insane. Like that's insane. Uh, so here we go. Matt Wallace has been a hair reliant on his putter, gaining four and five uh, in his last two starts, but those turned into basically two top 25s. But it's not all the putter. You know, he gained across the board at the Rocket Mortgage. He gained everywhere but around the green at the 3M Open. He's on a stretch of four consecutive weeks, gaining off the tee, and he's gained on approach in three, four, five, five out of eight. That's a pretty good stat profile for a guy whose best attribute has been the putter. It's also worth noting he's not a very good putter historically, right? Look at all these losses. So you could argue he's found something. And the fact that he's gained in six of eight when basically he would go 15 events in a row losing, um, I think that's a pretty good spot to deploy Matt Wallace. So pretty good call there, Brent. Who do you think could come in at a way higher ownership than people project? Oh, like last week. Yeah, so so last week Cantlay was... You know, everyone knew he was going to be quite popular. And then the contest started and he was like 40% owned, which is outrageous. Sorry, I've got my clip ripping my hair out. My bad. Um, Sungjae could be that guy, right? I, I think we are kind of at runaway Sungjae. Or maybe, run, no, I think it's Sungjae. I think it's Sungjae. There's a chance he just gets really, really popular here. Everybody just all in on the course history, what they saw from him at the 3M Open. I think there's question marks around Billy Horschel and Shane Lowry and Webb Simpson. Plus, he offers you kind of a discount from Will Zalatoris at the top. I could see a lot of a lot of um, a lot of builds starting Sungjae and Russell Henley. PGA just got handed a lawsuit. Yeah, I saw that. 
Hey, Rick, who do you like better for last man in Zach Johnson or Matt Wallace? So we already did the Matt Wallace conversation. Let's look at Zach Johnson. I'm not sure I've had a lot of Zach Johnson on my brain as of late. Um, almost certainly Matt Wallace, right? I mean, this is, this is not a good stat profile. T23 at the, at the Charles Schwab is his best finish since Valero. And he's not putting as well as you would hope him to be for a guy who's generally a good putter. Uh, no, it has to be Matt Wallace after what we saw, right? Good afternoon, Rick. I'm using the custom model for lineup building, but would like to get the cheat ownership projection inputs. Is there an easy way to do that? Um, so you want to take, so let me get this right, Tom. You want to take the ownership projections from the cheat sheet and put them in the custom model, but they are already there for you. I lo I load those in. So they're already there. Projected ownership right here. If I'm understanding you, that's what that's what I'm assuming you're guessing. If for whatever reason you don't see that, um, click reset in the upper left-hand corner. That should that should work. Hey, Rick, do you have a preference on Hubbard, Reavy, and Smalley? I'm thinking Hubbard uh, might have his foot off the gas now that he's secured his card for next year. I would doubt that uh, because there's a big difference between securing your card, getting to uh, Wilmington, getting to East Lake, also just making money. I doubt that. I would, I'm pretty big on Reavy, but Hubbard is interesting from kind of like a buy low aspect because of the very popular miscut last week. What's his projected ownership going to be this week? Uh, 13%. I would like it to be a little bit lower than that. Smalley at 9.6 and Reavy at nine. Probably Reavy. Reavy, Hubbard, Smalley, pretty close though. Thoughts on HV3? Looks like he could be the odd man out up top. Um, so I've got him coming in at 8.8%. Uh, he's had a couple of decent finishes around here. He just hasn't played all that much recently, which I think is kind of keeping people uh, and their expectations in check. Let's look at what he's done. Yeah, you know, I mean, he's gained strokes on approach. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven 10, 11 straight events. The putters hit or miss. That's fine. Yeah, this is okay. Especially if you're going to get him at a little bit of a of, of a discount seventh in 2020 10th in 2017 it's not bad pretty good looking to add a few long shots to my outright card and identifying guys with some win equity eyeing harris english i know he's been up and down but maybe this is a time to get right okay well harris english before i even pull it up here when harris english is going well he's gaining across the board when harris english is going to win he's gaining across the board let's see no that's not what we're seeing in fact he's hemorrhaging strokes um the only place he played well is a place he's played well before Travelers Championship, and he gained six strokes putting. Outside of that, he's lost T to green every event of this year. Boy, that's gonna be that's gonna be tough, Scott. So um generally, this is not the way Harris English wins. Leaning towards Lowry this week and one and done for some leverage. That's interesting. Should I play him for a play? Should I save him for a playoff event and roll with a Kim squared? A Kim squared. Uh, posting types instead. Oh, okay. Got it. Um, no, you could use, there's, you, you should have plenty of guys for the playoffs, right? So, so I'm assuming your one and done does not go to the tour championship because if it does and it uses the, the, pay, the bonus payouts, maybe find a new one and done. So I'm assuming you only have three weeks left and I don't think you need to save Lowry because you're going to get an influx of guys next week. Aren't you? You're going to get 125 of the best. Then you're going to get 70 of the best. I just can't imagine you needing that when Lowry's one of like the top three or four favorites in this field. Probably go there. 
I'm fifth in my one and done. So let's do a couple one and done questions. Uh, fifth out of 35 in my one and done. Would you go Siwoo, Henley, or Horschel? Um, wow. Ne- none of them are all that safe. Probably Horschel, which is kind of scary. I'll probably end up playing Siwoo, but he is quite volatile. Horschel's been nearly just as good in terms of course history and playing well. And I think he's a hair safer. And he's probably got shorter odds at this point. So probably Horschel. Charlie says, hello, kind sir. Love the new look custom model. Have your model weights changed since the beginning of the week? I cannot remember exactly what I did earlier in this week. So I can just redo this. I would say probably 20 rounds. And I would um, I would probably start with, let's open up all of these. Accuracy, 20 then I would probably do like some type of weighted approach, whether it was buckets, although I'd prefer to stay away from that, or um, I'd probably just do weighted strokes gate approach for like 25. Started, uh, strokes gate approach is always just big. Around the green, I don't want to put too much on. Let me just see if there's something that tickles my fancy. No scrambling, no greens and regulation, nothing like that. Um, putting, let's do weighted putting for 15. Let's do fantasy points. We're playing a fantasy point game for 25. It leaves me with 15. I could put my final 15 on like five, five, five. I'll just do it on Bermuda. This could have been, this could have been pretty close to what I did on Monday. Um, my number one golfer is Brendan Todd. That's not what happened on Monday, right? So Brendan Todd checks off all those boxes. He's a 93 value. That's a pretty big gap from him to Davis Riley, David Lipsky, Aaron Wise, Adam Long, Shane Lowry, Brian Harmon. So yeah, this is definitely not what I did on Monday. Look at all that value in the 7 and 8K if you want to go that route. I think Brian Harmon popped up on Monday as well. So he's kind of been in the top 10 of, of both of those model that I, models that I ran. And Shane Lowry, who we just had a question about, uh, number six, the first guy over 10K. Who's better for DFS this week, McCarthy or Kisner? Um, let's check the ownership real quick. McCarthy, I think, is like 9%. Yeah, 9.2 um, at $8,900. Kisner at 14.9. I'd prefer that to be a little bit lower it is probably uh it is probably still kisner right i think having the two years with the win in the third and just like the one miscut in his last three it's really close uh i think it's i think it's still kisner but i'm not sure you could go wrong with either one of them is sung jay backer was his last event an outlier well let's look um gained like a ton of strokes on approach, right? Yeah. 10.6. Well, he gained set that like, that's, that's a huge number. That's probably his best ball striking week ever. It is, but he's not horrible, right? Like he's usually a very good ball striker. He gained six at the Memorial 5.2 at the Charles Schwab, seven and a half at the RBC heritage. So that's all just in his last handful. <coughs> Apologies. That cough snuck up on me. That's all well within kind of like his range of outcomes and off the tee has been very good otherwise. So no, I I don't believe it is an outlier. Is it conceivable to have a lineup with no 9K or 10K? Yes, anything is conceivable, especially when you consider the fact that the optimal lineup is probably going to leave $3,000 on the table. Not $3,000, but like $1,100. Who are the top players on approach from 150 to 175? Go to the Holy Grail, click on stats. Go to, oh yeah, multiple fields. I just added that as well. You want to look at the uh, the Corn Ferry Tour field or you want to go over to the power rankings and look at the Corn Ferry field or the uh, European Tour field? Yeah, you could do that. No problem. That's all for you guys. 
and for me too, quite honestly. I'd be lying if I said it wasn't. Um, go to the Holy Grail. Click the stats. Go to approach play. Go to, what is it, 150 to 150 to 175? Uh, right here. And you will see the number one player in the field and on tour is Von Taylor. Justin Lauer is next. Will Zalatoris, Ryan Moore, Adam Svensson, John Ha, Chris John Zadenhout, so on and so forth. All of that is there for you. I think I heard... Rafa Cabrera Bayo mentioned on the first cut. Yeah, that was not mentioned by me. Let's clear that one up real quick. Uh, could you do a deep dive? Yeah, here it is. Not good, right? So, and this is where having the European tour strokes gain stuff really helps because um, we have a ton of his results, but normally we would just have his strokes gain total. I can see that he has not gained strokes on approach in any measured event since the Raz Al-Kamai Classic, which was in February. And he's hemorrhaging strokes on approach. He's losing basically everywhere. The driver's okay, and he's only gaining around the green. That is a horrible combination for me. So we're getting a much more clear picture of the way that he's playing. I do not see any reason to be all that interested in Rafa Cabrera Bayo. Um, real quick before I forget, I know a lot of us had Taylor Pendrith tickets last week. And while that stunk for outrights, it was pretty darn good in the jock market. So he went for $6.15 in the IPO last week and paid out 16 bucks a share, even though he faltered. Um, this is stock market DFS. This is where you can buy, sell, short shares of athletes. We talk about it for golf. And they have guaranteed payouts based on the actual finishing position. So basically, all you need your golfer to do is outperform his expectation. Steven Yeager, massive winner last week, 313 to $15 a share. Taylor Moore, 341 to $14 a share. Massive, massive weeks for those guys because every golfer is available to you. So um, go ahead and use the code RICK. There's a link in the description. That data that I showed you on my website is free. You don't have to subscribe to it. Use the code RICK, get signed up, and you can go bid on shares of golfers right now. And that IPO will close at nine o'clock tonight or just a minute or two before. And then if you want to join Joe Idoni and myself, we do a power hour, a live show at 8.15 p.m. Eastern time tonight. So we'll see you there. Same place. Rick Good YouTube channel. After ownership, who are your plays in the 8K range, says Joe? Well, I think Aaron Wise is live at 8%, a pivot off of Brian Harmon and JT Poston. Um, and I think that's... Davis Riley's super live at 14%. Um, I will, I've already bet JT Poston, so I probably don't need to play him at 20%. And I'm probably not super excited about the rest of the year. Like, like I'll probably fade. Okay. Because I'm going to have a lot of exposure to Siwoo Kim in like one and done. And uh, I'll probably end up betting him. I probably don't need to play him at 24% and I probably don't need to play Tom Kim at 22%. So I probably, I will probably pivot in the, in the 8k range. What do we think of Goddard up this weekend? Probably not much, right? I mean, what, what's his, what's his strength? Hit it far. Uh, don't hit it all that accurately and kind of hope that things work out in, in your favor. And I'm not sure that this is uh, particularly like that great of a great of a setup for him. I think there's going to be a lot of better ones. Jason Day is next. From Patrick, I am very, very, very cautiously optimistic on Jason Day. Putter is there, no problem. Around the green play is there, no problem. That's when he was the number one player in the world. He had the best short game. He was the best putter. 
He was also the best iron player as well. After losing big on approach in four straight, he gained four and a half to three M open, cleaned it up even more and gained across the board at the rocket mortgage and gained again on approach. So now he's gained on approach in three of seven, including his last two. And he gained across the board in his last start. That is generally a good sign. Uh, here's his Wyndham history. He's only played here once. 28, 2008 missed the cut. I'm very, 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 very cautiously optimistic. I think I would not be surprised if he finished T12, and that'd be a really good week for him. Thoughts on Hayden Buckley? Yeah, I'm actually quite a buyer on Buckley at this point. Um, I saw him at 100 to one. If he's still there at 100 to one, I might bet him. Look at look at the ball striking numbers. And actually, let's just go to the power rankings and look at this. So ball striking over the last 24 rounds. Hayden Buckley's the fifth best golfer in this field. Fifth best golfer in this field. He's been awesome. Um, the putter can gain him strokes, and his around the green play can gain him strokes. This is a very, very good stat profile. Look at the ball striking plus four, plus six, plus seven, plus four and a half, plus three, plus five. Let's go. Yeah. If I still see that 100 to one, I'll, I'll bet it. Was watching. <laughs> Was watching the pod with Coach, and he mentioned a funny video of Tom Kim and Caddy. Any chance of a link? Um, I'll go find it and retweet it after the show. You are the man, Rick. What are your thoughts on Doug Kim? Sure, I have a lot of hot takes on Doug Kim. Boy, um, it's volatile. It's volatile. Now, is it volatile in a good way? Because he's got three top 18 finishes in his last seven starts, but the other four are missed cuts. Is it volatile in a good way? Probably not. Just because, like, this is concerning to me. So look look at the off the tee play. Anywhere from minus two to plus four. Approach. Anywhere from minus two to plus three. Around the green. Anywhere from minus four and a half to plus two and a half. Putting. Lose your five. Gain your five. Nothing here is consistent, which even though it's volatile, that's like you can be volatile and consistent, right? That's not what I see from Gim. So I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit worried about that. Thoughts on Cam Champ this week? Catch you down the road. Find a different spot for him. Hope he plays well, but not that well. Actually, um, he has a lot of work to do, but if he could somehow get to Wilmington, which it would only be the top 70 and he's like 131st right now, I think. So we'd have to like get into next week, play well at a course that Southwind, I'm not sure is great for him and then get into Wilmington. Uh, I think I'd like him at Wilmington from what I understand about the golf course, which will be the first time we're going there. And I'll be there. If anybody's going to be at the BMW championship, if anybody's going to be at the BMW championship, it happens to have two extra tickets for definitely for Friday and definitely for Saturday that I could buy or trade you for, I might be interested in that. I have something in the works, but that might fall through. So if anybody has extra BMW championship tickets uh, for especially Friday and Saturday, let me know. I think Cam, it would be for me and Armina. It's not for like me to sell or do anything. Like it would literally be for me, or, me and Armina. Um, I think Wilmington would be a good spot for him, but there's a long way to go to get there. Hey, Rick, who would your two or three favorite bets be for a top 10 or 20? Um who did I write up for Golf Digest? I really liked for a top 10. Give me one second. Also, I'm getting, CBS wants me to do a, an emergency pod. So that's that's not going to happen. I'm staying here. I'm staying here with you guys. A lawsuit can wait. Um, all right. 
So, oh, okay. Poston was plus 400 to finish inside the top 10. That is by far my favorite. Uh, other ones that I would consider are, you probably got to find a little bit of upside here. Um, like a Neesmith or a Nick Hardy would probably be okay. Who is a better value at $7,100? Currently trending Lee Hodges or the historically safe Tyler Duncan? That's kind of a, a preference thing. Historically safe Tyler Duncan doesn't have a lot of upside, does he? Lee Hodges seemingly has a lot more upside. What are you looking for? I would prefer uh, Lee Hodges. Max McGreevy. Okay. I know. I saw that he is um, exactly $6,000. I saw that. He has missed six of his last seven cuts. He finished T13 at the Barbasol, but he's missed six of seven, and he's done it in a very ugly way. I am guilty of this as well. When I see a guy that's $6,000 and I'm like, all he has to do is make the cut. Um, that's becoming increasingly difficult for Max McGreevy, seemingly. So I will take a pass on this. I think we've seen better 6K guys. Why no mention of Davis Riley? I've mentioned Davis Riley like nine times in the show. What are the ownership projections? Asked Matt. Matt also says, hit the like button. That's also very smart. So Webb and Billy Horschel in the 10K. Um, Varner and Denny McCarthy in the lower nines, upper eights. Uh, maybe like a Jason day, Kevin Streelman in the sevens would probably be the best pivots. And then lower than that, there's not a lot of guys who are eating up a ton of ownership sub like six seventy. There's not a double digit projected ownership guy below Adam Svensson who's 7,500. Um, so I don't think there's many pivots to actually be had much further down. Hey, Rick, I watch every week participate in one and done. Just want your opinion on a matchup. Will Zal Torres versus uh, Shane Lowry. Well, uh, you, you won't necessarily get my opinion, but you'll get the you'll get the calculator's opinion. So I'm going to use the last 36 rounds. I have Shane Lowry winning this 52% of the time. And Shane Lowry gains strokes, one or more stroke, or two or more strokes, way more often than Will Zalatoris does. Zalatoris is way better on the upside. Three or strokes or more, four strokes or more, five strokes or more. But Lowry wins you the consistency, which I think is what you're looking for. Um, is there a way to figure out how longer guys off the tee perform with more accuracy when using less than driver? So as of right now, the PGA tour does not necessarily um, like tell like they, when they send the data over, they don't send over like what club he hit. Right. Uh, what you could do is you could go look at golf courses like Pebble beach or Harbor town that kind of almost force everybody to, to play to the same spot. Or what you could do is you could go to the Holy grail and you could maybe, I don't know, change it to like courses that are 7,100 yards or shorter or 7,200 yards or shorter and kind of look for some of the longer guys off the tee. Uh, like Patrick Rogers does very well on shorter golf courses, gains a stroke per round over 29 rounds. Um, you could do it that way. Taylor Pendrith actually not bad either. 25 rounds. This, this is all this year, by the way. Um, so you could look at it that way. I, that I'd probably, probably recommend it. I have only made, I think two bets to this point, Ryan. Um, I bet Corey Connors and I bet JT Poston. I think I got 30 and 45 on them. I will likely, um, the number on Siwoo might be really short now, but I will, I will, I'm interested in Siwoo. 
I will probably bet Hayden Buckley and I might bet Adam Long. If I have those five at numbers that I that I like, I would probably roll on with them. Um, you know, speaking of Adam Long, uh, can we just point out how great he's been? Right? Like objectively great. Four straight top 25s. Ball striking numbers are there. I mean, everything. It's all green. It's all green. Very accurate off the tee. I think Adam Long's a, a great option this week. So I will um I will likely bet him. Would you prefer Corey Connors or Siwoo? Well, I'm I mean, I'm probably gonna end up betting them both. I suppose for DFS purposes, what's Corey Connors' ownership gonna be? 14.8 while Siwoo. So Siwoo's almost double. Uh, you know, I might be falling into the Corey Connors trap here, which is just like the guy never wins and all that fun stuff, but he's gained strokes off the tee in 38 of 39. He's very accurate and he does not miss the fairway by much. When you get to these like Carolina golf courses with overhanging tree limbs, you've got to pound greens and you've got to be in the correct side of the fairway and you can't miss the fairway by much. And Corey Connors is the king of that. And he is statistically a much better putter than you think he is, right? So let's go, let's just go to the power rankings. Let's look at the last 36 rounds of everybody in this field, sort by putting. I bet you Corey Connor shows up way higher than you think he does. Um, maybe not. No, he's right here. 0.24. It's the same as Brian Harmon, noted great putter. It's better than Shane Lowry, noted great putter. Andrew Putnam, noted great putter. He's he's been that guy, and he's still the ball striking guy. So we're gonna have to figure out a time where uh, Corey Connors wins this golf tournament. I need to put my phone on do not disturb. Does Mina ever place golf bets at the book? <laughs> That'd be fun. She should. Uh, no, but also I like never place golf bets at the book. I just do it through the app because I'm a living. I'm a human living in the. 2020s um but that would be fun i would die to see her go up to the window and put a bed in i don't even know if she knows how she'll do you know how armina T text me do you know how she'll send me a message i actually already did a deep dive on yannick paul believe it or not i can't believe that question came up again mm. couple questions about okay let's do these let's do these terrell hatton ones because there's a there's a couple there so terrell hatton what do we see okay Right? So almost gained across the board at the Scottish Open. He lost a stroke and a quarter around the green. Did gain across the board at the Open Championship. He's not very accurate, though, right? Off the tee. Isn't he kind of like a sprayer? Oh, come on. There we go. Um, yeah, like 170, 30. And when he misses, he misses big. That would be my worry. Has he played here before? I don't think he has. Has he? Oh, he has. Let's see. Once. Missed the cut in 2016. Ah, man, I think it's a bad setup for him, but he's playing well. I would say I'm like a five and a half out of 10 in terms of excitement. That's that's what I would say. I have an odd love for Chase Seifert. That's Mr. Mike talking, not me. He seems to fit this course decent in terms of approach buckets. Two missed cuts here, though. Yeah, he's missed four of his last six. Best finish in that span is T48. Very bad putter, although a little bit better recently. I don't. I don't think so. Guess on a winning score. I'm setting the line at 18 and a half. Um, so if I take the under, does that mean it's like deeper under par? So I'll take I'll take 19 under or 
greater. So 19 under, 20 under, 21 under, 22 under. I think um, if I were to bet that week in and week out, by the way, I would probably bet the overs a lot. We have seen a couple of times where like Tony Finau wins by four, which is not really indicative of what the field played to, right? But the winning score gets inflated. I know this happens more often than not because I run that promotion every uh, every December where the discount is the winning score and someone inevitably wins by five and costs me five more percent. And I'm like, hey, uh, you, can, you don't have to win by five. You can win by one or you can win the playoff. It's okay. It's okay. Um, I, w- I would like to look into that. I don't know if there's enough data on what the winning line odds are, but I bet you the deeper under par wins more often than you think. Andy says, how large is your hat collection? Sizable. I've actually been going through and donating a lot, uh, and I'm trying to cut it down. I'm trying to now just keep – I'm on this golf course kick, so like clubs, like when I go to a place, I grab a hat. So like I'm now on a kick of just having hats from golf courses, uh, and then, of course, this Travis Matthew hat. But it's it's too big. I don't even wear half of them. Not even half. I don't even wear 75% of them. One question I always hear answered, but haven't heard answered yet this week. Can you pull leverage on ownership with three stars and three super scrubs? Only asking because of recency bias. Uh, yes, of course, right? Are you talking about like taking... So like if your lineup was, for example... Sung Jay, Henley, Poston. Uh, and then it was Streelman. I don't even know if this adds up. Streelman, uh, Rogers, who we just learned plays well on short golf courses, and Hayden Buckley, right? So like three of three. I think that'd be great. I think that'd be great. I talk about that kind of barbell thing a lot where you just get like you don't want guys who are you don't want six guys who are 15% owned. You want both ends of it. A lot of Matt Wall's questions, which I'm happy we've already answered. Here's a Aaron Rye question from Oliver. Aaron Rye. Straight off of two missed cuts. Uh, T9 at the Irish Open before that. When he's going well, he's a good ball striker, but we're not necessarily seeing that right now. He's lost on approach in three straight, which is the first time he's done that. Boy. Since 20 end of 2019, 2020, this is a little bit concerning for me. When a guy loses three straight weeks on approach and he's not picking it up anywhere, because sometimes you'll see a guy losing on approach, but he makes it up with the putter. We're not really seeing that. Um, that's a little bit concerning here. My buddy Jackson is sending me text saying that, quote, it's clear everyone is using RRG as your custom model run aligns to ownership percentage. In what DK contest can we assume high model usage versus just public entries? That is a good question. I would assume um, I would assume the more public entries would come in uh, like the the twenty dollar like whatever that big like two hundred k to first is like the milli right. I would assume that some of the 20 max, like the birdie and some of like the single entry uh, 100 to 200 are probably more model users. But also uh, I think Jackson's giving me a lot of credit. I do not 
I don't think I have that big of an impact. I hope I do. I don't think so. It's a good question, though. I could dive into that a little bit more in a non-live setting. Thanks for all the content. I'm in first this week in a season-long. I'm first in a season-long league with three weeks to play. So he wants to go safe. Webb and Kisner or Connors and Henley? Wow. Just play Connors and Henley. Not super thrilled. Best options under $6,300. Was debating picking Davis Love and hope he makes the cut. Yeah, that's kind of a trap that I also fall into. So um, Dylan Wu, and I've said this before, like, I, I'm a believer in Dylan Wu's game. He hasn't played well, but I think he's like way better than some of these other guys who are down here, but probably not the best option under 6,300. Uh, our buddy Paul Barjan makes like more cuts than he misses and is always underpriced. How about, here's what I could also do. I could also do like, let's just sort this by last 24 rounds, strokes gain total, guys in the 6K range and find the first guy in the $6,300 range. And it's going to be, Brian, I ah, don't use Brian Gay. He's got like senior tour stuff. William McGirt. Boy, this is ugly. Vijegas withdrew, which is also like scary. Like last week he withdrew, which is scary. Boy, this is really bad. This is really bad. Roger Sloan, uh, who's got three straight top 40s here, including a runner-up finish last year, and he's made two cuts in a row. Okay, the answer is probably objectively Roger Sloan. Uh, appreciate the look, Rick. Been watching all year and it's really helped. I'll be at the Wyndham all week cheering my squad on. Amazing. So uh, here's what you should do. I know you're not asking, but for those who go out to golf courses, there are two things that you should do. You either plant yourself at a green and watch them hit shots in, or you walk backwards. Those are the only two ways to view golf. Or you go to hospitality or to like the beer tent and you just drink and don't watch golf at all. That's the third way. The two other ways are the only two ways to watch golf. Good luck. Have fun. Any thoughts on a... And that's all that one says. Oh, Armina thinks like literally walk backwards. No, like uh, walk forwards, but go from hole nine to eight to seven to six because everyone walks the other way. Can you talk me off the Charlie Hoffman ledge? Why are you on the Charlie Hoffman ledge? He played well one week. Let's look. T10 last week where he gained seven on approach, almost eight. Yeah, that's pretty strong. Although that is his, um, all right. So what I would tell you, if you really want to get off this ledge is the eight strokes that he gained on approach is the second best he's ever had. And when you've got over 500 events, like it's very unlikely that he does that again. And outside of that, he's been pretty bad. So if he, if he only gains like four strokes on approach and kind of plays the way he's been playing over the last 36, he probably has an upside of T21. Like, it's a little embarrassing, not embarrassing, but like, it says something about your upside when you have your second best approach week ever and you're Charlie Hoffman, who's played a lot, and you finish T10. If you have your second best approach week ever, you should like win the golf tournament. Mm, oh, let me pull up. I, yeah, let me pull up the weather real quick. Stand by, hang tight. So, um, Greensboro. I was completely blanking. I was like, I was about to type in Wyndham, North Carolina. I know that's, I know that's not, I know that's not a thing. My brain at this point in the week. Okay. We're just going to do this together. I haven't looked in like a day. Here we go. Thursday morning. Uh, warm, probably quite humid. Do they have humidity on this thing? Uh, wind. 
When they start teeing off, it's like five miles an hour, six miles an hour. Might go up to nine miles an hour. That's nothing. Thunderstorm opportunity on Friday. Yeah. I mean, there might be a five mile an hour difference, but it looks like both PMs are going to get it. Unless you can guess when this thunderstorm is going to roll in. If it does, which it probably won't, um, and stops play. If you could guess that, or if you could predict that, you probably don't even need to be playing fantasy. You just go predict the lottery numbers. Uh, so to me, it looks like there is not a weather edge. Um, Cyril, I'm reading about your league. I don't have time to talk about it right now, but that is interesting. Thank you. Siwoo or Pendrith? Without knowing more context, I guess the answer is Siwoo. Doing really bad and one and done and need some Hail Mary options. Now we're talking. Okay. The good thing is for this event, you probably don't have to go too crazy. Like Justin Rose. Jason Day, who no one will play, right? Like, could those guys, could savvy vets who've won a lot in their career find a little magic in the bottle one week? Uh, and both those guys have been playing better. Like, that's kind of interesting. How about Adam Scott? Is that is that contrarian enough? Uh, probably not for your purposes. How about Scott Stallings? Or Brendan Todd. Any one of those would be fine. Is this Tom Kim's first time playing Sedgefield? Is that a big disadvantage? So I think these greens are a little bit nuanced um, where I, I like having experience on the greens. I think that would be really nice. Um, but basically everywhere he's playing right now is his first time playing it. And he's doing quite well. So he's either a quick learner, a great player, or both. So I'm not necessarily as worried about Tom Kim's lack of experience than I am for maybe some other guys' lack of experience. Um, there was a question about this hat. This is the Travis Matthew LA Dodgers collab. So it's the TM that looks like the Dodgers font. I think you could only get it at Riviera last year. Uh, it's very, very sick. Thank you. Rick, I was on the verge of an absolute big week last week with Pendrick. Yeah. Tell me about it. Absolutely love being part of the community. Who's your favorite seven and eight K golfer? <sighs> all I'm going to say all things considered, right? Ownership, everything, yada, yada, yada. I think my favorite 10 K or my favorite AK golfer is JT Poston. I would find it hard to believe that he comes in at 20% with all of these other guys in the AK range that are going to be popular as well. I just don't think he's that popular. I, I, I don't think that's what's going to happen. And he is scorching hot. He has won this event before. I think he comes in at like 14%. If he comes in at 14%, I'm absolutely stoked. My favorite 7K golfer, this is a lot more wide open, um, especially because there's more guys and it's also not like so much ownership dependent. I think it has to be Adam Long, right? We talked about him a little bit earlier. I think it has to be Adam Long. He's he's just seemingly the best player in this range um, outside of maybe Mark Hubbard, but Mark Hubbard's, Mark Hubbard's results are a little bit inflated thanks to the Barracuda and the Barbasol, which Adam Long didn't play either of those, and he had better finishes at better events. So I, I think that's I think that's the answer to the question. There were there was like four questions about Bermuda putting. So you can go to the Holy Grail, you can go to uh strokes gained by tournament, you can say the last two years, you can say everybody in this field on uh Bermuda grass, and you can sort by putting and you will find that the answer is Chesson Hadley who in 24 rounds on Bermuda has gained 1.14. Uh Denny's also up here as well. A lot more rounds, but Denny puts well on all surfaces. Smaller sample sizes for Ryan Brem, Stephen Yeager, Joshua Creel, 
larger sample sizes on like Kevin Tway. Kevin Tway, a very good Bermuda putter, horrible in every other aspect. Um, if you sort it by salary, you can see kind of like the best guys who are good on Bermuda. Billy Horschel gains a half a stroke per round. That's the best of anybody at the top, not named Denny McCarthy. Kevin Kisner as well. Brian Harmon as well. Justin Rose as well. A um, little bit of smaller sample sizes on those guys, just in terms of, you know, if you open it up a little bit and you go last five years, you can get a lot more data, but have at it. Have fun. Um, okay. I did answer a lot of these, right? Okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. Can you take a key, uh, a Keith at look Mitchell, uh, a look at Keith Mitchell boy, that time of the week. And I can never spell Keith right. The first time here we go. Keith Mitchell. Oh, I don't love that. I don't love when a guy who is elite, which which he is off the tee, is not hitting it well off the tee. Now, I guess you could argue both of those were overseas. Maybe he's not like a Lynx guy, although the Renaissance Club is not necessarily like pure Lynx, but like maybe he's not an overseas guy because those are the only two events that he's lost strokes in since the Byron Nelson. Um, the putter's warming up. That's good to see. Yeah, this is... It doesn't excite me. I'm so like, I'm even on Keith Mitchell, right? Like a five out of 10. There's good. There's things that you could, there's bad that you could write off. There's good that you could worry about. I, I think it's, has he played the way he's got to play the Wyndham Ray's been around forever. Yeah. Three finishes that are like 41st to a miscut. Like, uh, so fair, so even, so even on him. Yannick Paul is not on jock market. Can you get him in there? Probably not. I have like a little bit of pool. I do not have that much pool over there, but I appreciate you thinking that I do. Also, if you email them, maybe they could. I don't know if it's too late now, but um, not sure. Badger's getting it. He wants to know the best and worst golfers in distance from edge of fairway. When you ask a very specific question like that, Badger, you should probably just have a subscription to rickrungood.com, but that's okay. It's okay because I appreciate this question. Distance from edge of fairway. When you miss a fairway, how much do you miss it by? When you go to golf courses where there are overhanging limbs and angles, this matters a lot more like this week. Satoshi Kodaira, number one. Corey Connors, number two. Brandon Todd, Ryan Harmon. Excuse me. Ryan Moore, Brian Harmon, David Lipsky, Hayden Buckley. Hayden Buckley's going to win this week, right? We all agree on that? We all agree. The worst in the field which actually I will probably have to, there'll probably be a bunch of guys who aren't ranked. Yeah. So uh, let's do it this way. So the worst in this field are Sung you'll know who's out of this field. Now, Brandon Hagee, Gary Kigo, Curtis Thompson, Kevin Tway, Joseph Bramlett, Scott Stallings, Kevin Chapel, so on and so forth. Very good specific question. I've answered so many of these, which is great news because it's 1257. Very, very good that I've answered all of these. Adam Hubbard. Brother of Mark says, I know you like Adam Long, but he doesn't have much top 10 upside, which you need for his price. Look at this. Let's let's look objectively here. He is priced at 80 what? No, 7700. Not sure you need top 10. Um, I mean, sure. He does not have top 10 upside, but he's got a 12th, a 15th, a 13th, and a 16th amongst other top 25s all in his last like 10 starts. So I think I might take issue with the fact that he needs a top 10 and also by conveniently overlooking all the 12th, 13th, 14th, 15th, and 16th place finishes. The other thing we could actually look at, which is probably a much better way to do this, uh, Adam, 
is go to the fantasy data and just look at how many fantasy points he gains, right? Like compared to other guys, let's say this year, because, or let's like guys in his, in his price range, because that's actually more important. It doesn't matter what his finishing position is. It matters what his, um, uh, fantasy scores. Now here you have a much better argument. I think you could have came in here and said he does not gain as many stroke or as many points to the field, only about six and a half on average in his 23 events that I have in here, which is way less than Goddard up Vegas, way less than day, way less than Hubbard. Um, I think that should have been the path you went down. Now, actually, if you go a lot shorter, it's a lot better, but it, we'll, we'll call it a, we'll call it a, a, a truce or a, draw do you worry about ownerships and ownership numbers when leaving a lot of salary on the table no rick check your ig dms when you get a free min oh god travis what's going to be in there oh um usually dming me on instagram is probably the worst way to get a hold of me uh dming me on twitter is like an okay way if you really need something or want to say like email is probably best but i will check travis and i hope it's I hope it's fair. Um, KFT, Corn Fairy Tour. Let's go to the power rankings here. We'll fire up the Utah championship. We'll look at the best players in this field over the last 36 and find, oh, Michael Kim. No surprise there. Look at that. Michael Kim. Absolute no surprise. Um, it seems like Kevin Roy is a bit of a value. I have to admit, I'm not that familiar with Kevin Roy. Can we look at the data? Kevin Roy. Does anybody else have Kevin Roy in the database? Let's go. Um, Kevin Roy's gauge strokes every event except one since May 15th. And he's got a stretch of golf where he's gone runner-up T10, T41, T13. That's pretty good. He seems like a pretty good value. Who else? Vincent Norman, which sounds like a made-up name, uh, also seems to be playing pretty well at the moment. And seems to be a pretty good value. Zach Fisher as well. Good luck. I, I want I want to get more into Corn Fairy Tour stuff. <laughs> After sitting there in the upper left-hand quadrant of your breakout tool last week, that's right, Steven Yeager was there. Uh, is it typical for a player like Steven Yeager to get back to his baseline in one week, or can we roll him out again? So uh, here's, here's what we're referring to. Um, and Ben Griffin probably has a small sample size, which breaks the graph a little bit, but it's still... Interesting. Riley, Steven Yeager, Alex Smalley, Charlie Hoffman, Martin Trainer, Joshua Creel, even Chase Seifert are kind of in that breakout candidacy portion of this chart. Um, guys that you would expect to get to, to just continue to play poorly. Davis Love, Andrew, Andrew Landry, Harris English, Paul Barjan, unfortunately, Russell Knox. Um, I, I believe you can I believe you can get Yeager out there one more time. Ooh, Matt's on it. Matt says, I'll be at the BMW Saturday. I'll check in if we have extra tickets. I'll buy them or I'll trade you for them. Thank you. If anybody else, if anybody else has Friday or Saturday, Friday and Saturday, two tickets to the BMW Championship. It's just for me and Armina. I'm not going to sell them or make a profit off you. Let me know. Um, what is the average optimal salary? I don't have this all in a database, but if you go, like you could go through Twitter search Rick run good optimal. It is probably, uh, if I had to guess 49,300, there will be some weeks where it's like 47,000, but a lot of weeks it feels like it's like 40, 49, three ish. 
The second part of this is needs a much longer answer. It says, would cranking out as many lineups as you can at that average using your desired player pool be a thing? It's a really good question. I don't know the answer to it. I'm interested in finding out. I do think at the very, very, very least, you'd be cranking out unique lineups that are not giving up a lot to 50K lineups. In basketball, you'd be dead in the water, right? If you were, because everybody plays their averages so frequently. But in golf, I'd be, uh, Steven, when I get some time in the offseason, maybe I can look into that for you. First round leader. The way that I would look for first round leader is go to strokes gained by round. Um, go to more filters. Click on just the first round. And if you want to include other events, like if you want to include like, hey, if they've been playing anywhere, throw that in. Uh, and then do like the last two years. And let's find who the best round one golfers are. Russell Henley is like hot fire. 44 rounds, 1.6. He never loses, but he doesn't really... We haven't seen as much as the upside. Like gaining you three strokes in round one does not make you the first round leader. What about Webb? A little bit better. Can gain you four and a half. He can gain you six. He can gain you 4.7. What about Corey Connors? Say too consistent. We need we need this. Zalatoris gains you 6.8. You know, stuff like that. 4.7. Um, I would say looking at this, Hubbard is interesting. KH Lee is interesting. And honestly, if you kind of wanted to bet something on Webb, I feel like betting him first round leader would almost be better than betting him outright. Sungjae is not bad, right? Because look at this. He can gain you 7.7, he can gain you 6.8, and gain you 4.2. That's what you want. You want the volatile stuff. I know we're into overtime and I'm starving, but we're almost at the end of the questions and I've probably answered most of them anyway. So I'm just going to see here. I think the answer is yes. The question is, are Smotherman and Lipsky worth playing? I believe the answer is yes. I already did Yannick Paul. Go back a little bit. I already did first round leaders. Um, can we talk about tonal lineup ownership? I prefer like 60 to 80. The bigger, the, the bigger, the lower you could go, but 60 to 80 feels right to me. Okay. I'm at the end. Whew. It only took five minutes of overtime, but we got through most of them. If I didn't answer your question, I apologize. Um, here's what I'll say. I got like two final things to say. Uh, number one, on the Monday show, I asked for suggestions for the website. As you guys have been seeing, I've been making a lot of updates to the website, to the custom model, to how much data is there, to all of the different things that you can that you can do because I love this more than anything. And like I'm the biggest user of the website and I think it's really cool. There are a couple of weeks coming up. There are two weeks coming up where there's not going to be PGA Tour events. I'm going to be able to use that time and I'm going to be able to use the time at the end of the calendar year to make more updates to the website. So now is your chance to get your suggestions in. I asked for it and I got like 150 emails on Monday, but let's do it. Email me at uh, rick at rickrungood.com or go through the website. There's a uh, underneath more. You can click contact Rick. Uh, now is the time to get your suggestions in. None are too small, medium or big. There have been a lot of overlap, but now's the time. I have, I have all of them going into a folder. I will not reply to all of them. In fact, I probably won't reply to any of them but I'm reading them all. So thank you very much. The other thing is, um, I can't remember. Again, the BMW Championship, if you have access to tickets, two of them on Friday or Saturday. Also, I don't know. Just be just be cool. Go pet your dog. Ollie had a, he's fine. He had his toenail removed because he's a, I feel like he's being a little dramatic, but he's got the cone on and he's got that 
thing bandaged up. So uh, just go pet a dog. Be nice. All right. See ya.